do think the criminal justice system in America needs reforms to ensure justice for all? I think if we pass the reforms that it could be it could get there, but right now the justice system is is broken. You know, yeah. the it, it is. So, you know, there's other laws that we're trying to pass. So when they passed the law mandating videotaping interrogation, they made exception for sex offenses, drug cases, and certain type of murders. So we need, we're trying to get rid of those exceptions now. Uh, there in Pennsylvania, we're trying to get the oversight for prosecutors. And other problem with Pennsylvania is that's one of 15 states in the United States that does not currently offer compensation to people who've been wrongfully imprisoned. In California, we're trying to pass commission on prosecutor conduct, and we're trying to get rid of death penalty because we recognize that the, you know having death penalty risks execution of innocent people. But really quickly, in terms of uh, as a whole, and this is problem in the United States, but also worldwide problem. So most states don't have the best procedure for identification. Most places don't still don't videotape interrogation. Most places still don't have any change in policy to address prosecutorial misconduct. Bad lawyering, you know, inadequately funded public defender system still exists. Uh, there isn't even playing field as far as manpower and financial resources between the district attorney office and prosecutor office. Still way too many cases are assigned. It's not, it's not unusual for one lawyer to represent 100 people at the same time. So they can focus on case. So that's, you know, in, in lying informants is still is still a, is still an issue as well. So all those things exist in the justice system in the United States and really in, in all the countries in the world. And countries where we don't hear about wrongful conviction, it's not because they're not happening. It's that they're not being corrected. There's nobody working on it. In some countries where the justice system is not as advanced, some of them don't even have any mechanism for new evidence to be brought back into the into into the courtroom. But this is in terms of wrongful conviction. I do have secondary interests in general justice reforms, and in those ways, the system is broken also. So uh, we need uh, parole reform. So many people are denied parole just by the which uh, by, just by the parole board referencing well what they were were incarcerated for. But the judge already knew that when they sentenced somebody. That's why they were people were sent to prison. And the real job of parole board is to decide if somebody has been rehabilitated or not. And if they have, then they've earned second chance and they should be released. But many times they're not released just by referring to what the crime was. So that's broken. Uh, elderly people in prison is a problem. You know, when I was in prison, I saw many disturbing things. There were many prisoners there who were elderly and the prison could not take care of their medical needs. Some of them had very debilitating illnesses. And I think that when a prisoner is 55 years old and they've also served 15 years, then they should be considered for release on parole. There is a such thing as people aging out of crime as well. So that part of it, uh, prison reform, there's a lot of violence in prison. The vocational trades that they teach are obsolete, so we need to bring that up to speed. Uh, many prisons have, uh, many states have gotten rid of college education for prisoners, which is a mistake because uh, the college education is a very serious crime-fighting tool because people are, uh, people, um, 
recidivism rate is greatly reduced. So if you show people a better way and you also equip them for gainful employment, then their chance of making successful reentry to crime-free life is uh, increased. So that's another aspect. We still have solitary confinement. Uh, people said kept in the cell 23 hours a day out, out of 24. You can't see the sky. The lights are on all the time. There is no clock. The only way to have any idea of what time it is is if there's food, there's breakfast food served on the on 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 the tray when they're when when they're fed. So, uh, solitary confinement has been proven to cause mental health issues. It exasperates mental health issues. It's uh, considered by torture. There's a body in UN, the United Nations, that determines that. But we still, we still, we still have that as uh, as well. There's a lot of discrimination in terms of prisoner reentry. It's very hard. Many employers are when they when I speak to people on parole, they said, "Yeah, the interview was going great. I had the skill set, and you know, but and they were interested in me. But then when they came to the question, do I have a record? You know, and I explained, then the whole environment changed, and I wasn't hired. Then it was so. When we have the employment discrimination and we, we prevent people from getting jobs that, that they're otherwise qualified for, then the temptation to return back to crime, go back to the old ways of supporting themselves, and it becomes greater. So some crimes are economic crimes, things like robbery, burglary, selling drugs. These are economic crimes rooted in poverty. So, uh, But then another thing is uh, what they call... Uh, uh, there's a movement called Ban the Box, which is seeks to prevent the job discrimination. And, and some colleges, some universities even, they ask applicants, do you have criminal record? And I don't see why that has to be asked, because if someone's applying to university, they must be planning for crime-free life. That's why they want to go to school. So to deny education based on record, that, that's also very disturbing. And lastly, it, it, I do find it very disturbing uh, what's called, uh, you know, the lack of efficiency in the justice system when it comes to compassionate release. You know, that's when a prisoner has been determined to be terminally ill. The idea is they can apply for compassionate release so they can die with some dignity at, at home, spend a little bit of time with their with their family. But often by the time the decision is uh, made, they're already dead or they have only one or two days left. So those things, uh, those things all uh, bother me. I saw many people in prison for uh, nonviolent offenses that were sentenced to more time than people that were there for violence. And I'll, yes. So all those things, I mean, we need to have the justice system fixed as a whole, but most of those issues are not adequately addressed in the United States, but also they exist in many many other countries, but I do wish the U.S. prison system at least would use examples from Europe where Europe is way ahead of the United States in terms of uh, in terms of prison reform. Exactly. Actually, uh, we have a higher expectation from the uh, justice system of America because it's one of the uh, most powerful countries um, we should actually um, see uh, their justice system as a role model. Uh, the developing countries, especially, should follow. Uh, but still, like the developing countries uh, in America, uh, there are um, 
too many crimes, serious types of crimes, and um, there are flaws in the justice systems as well. So we can expect efficient and functional reforms very soon. Yes, there is the justice reform is sweeping the United States now. It is it is a big movement to towards that. So I I am hopeful that we will continue to pass laws to make justice system more accurate. Uh, one of the one of the difficulties in doing that is that uh, it, it can't be done federally, like nationally. You know that that would only affect uh, federal justice system. Yeah. But in the United States, you know, you have each state has to pass its own laws to affect exactly. those yeah. cases. So it's very slow, uh, slow process. And some states are, you know, reluct reluctant to do that. Uh, it doesn't help when politicians run on tough on crime planks and they look at these reforms as somehow being soft on crime. But actually, it's about it's about justice and and accuracy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just for context, you know, my case is not rare. Uh, the National Registry of Exonerations, uh, which has uh, been tracking exonerations across the United States from 1989 forward, as far as, far as cases, they have listed 2,774 exonerations um, that, right. that that have that have ha that have um, happened. And just for listeners, if they're interested in learning more about uh, wrongful conviction and some of the issues we've talked about so far, I did want to share that there is a documentary short about my advocacy work and life post-exoneration available on Amazon Prime. It's called uh, Conviction. All right. Oh, recently, um, I... Um conducted a research on the juvenile justice system in America and I um, I could realize um, through my research work that uh, every state uh, has its uh, distinct type of uh, justice system and laws and it's a, a bit complicated to make uh, a reforms I think but uh, if the Political leaders uh, make a plan to better the justice system. I think uh, that is possible very soon. I do. I, I do too. Uh, I think that I think that it doesn't start with the politicians, though. I mean, it can, but usually it's when advocates approach politicians to try to get the ball rolling. But then the politicians look and see, well, is the general public in support of these reforms, and so it becomes about votes in getting reelected or getting elected in the first place, instead of about morality, accuracy, and justice. And in that aspect of it, it is, it is, uh, it is somewhat disappointing. But you know, it is what it is. I'm a realist, and you know, I I do try to get. I'm I'm about trying to get results. Yeah. Uh, so just in terms of juvenile justice system, since you. You referenced that. I do want to. That did remind me of an issue that um, I, I would like to also mention. A big problem also is that many states have laws that allows them to charge juveniles as adults after yeah. alleged or committed certain certain crimes, but and they sentence them as adults and send send them to adult prisons. But I think it's very destructive to house young people in the prison with with adults. 
I mean, they're certainly very vulnerable physically. Uh, yes. But then also the just from scientific point of view, the brain is not as developed when you're when you're youthful. You're more spontaneous. Uh, you, you, it's more subject to peer pressure and not thinking about long term. So I think if a in a juvenile, if somebody who's a juvenile commits a crime and then someone who's an adult commits a crime, I don't think they're the same level of moral culpability. So I don't. I think it is a fiction to. Charge, hold people like uh, adults, and then sentence them as as adults. And you know, yes, but no, no one should. I'm not advocating for getting away with crimes. I'm just saying that the sentence should be fair and proportional. And I don't think that sentencing uh, children as adults is fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, just I wanted to share one other thing in terms of my background. You know, when I did start the foundation, at some point it became not enough to sit in the front row of the courtroom when when uh, the cases were being considered, even if I was the boss of the lawyer or we had worked together on the case, you know, I wasn't allowed to sit at the table and I wanted to be able to sit at the defense table and to be able to represent some of the clients myself. So in pursuit of my dream of exonerating other people, I did uh, go into law school and I am, I am an attorney uh, now uh, for that. I, I make sense of everything that happened to me through my belief that this is my purpose in the world. You know, it's to fight wrongful conviction and for the broader justice reform. And, you know, that it helps me make sense of everything. Uh, I don't lose my mind that way. I have sense of I have sense of purpose. You know, I have inner peace. I, I, I need to make my suffering count for something. And so that's part of what I do do this work. I do find it very meaningful. I find it healing. I find it uh, cathartic as well. Oh. And, and that's and I take that energy that I would feel and I channel it into the work that I do. And that's I have of my release that way. You know, it's something positive. But then also, you know, it uh, you know, like you can't. I want to live my life as meaningfully as I can. And I can't do that if I'm angry or bitter person. So I take that energy and I channel it to the work that allows me to not do that. Because I've lost so much already. Why would I want to lose the rest of my life? And, you know, I think that my best revenge is to live my best life. So I look at it. I look at things that way. It's really inspiring for others because um, you have already lost the most... Um, important parts, most important years of your lives in prison, but still you have the courage, you have the strength. Um, it's unbelievable, actually. Um, you have already uh, finished your study. Um, it's a great uh, example for our societies and for everyone, actually. It's, it's a rare uh, uh, happening and I, I think most people will uh, take you as uh, their idol uh, it's, it's really kind of impossible I, I would like to be considered as an example for everybody even people not involved in justice system and if you can they can take my example uh, try to try to find purpose in life do something meaningful that makes a difference that makes the world make the world just a little bit better try to help other people as opposed to 
not going that life path or just doing a job just for the money of it. Do something that's meaningful, and you know the money the money will will come and that. So there's that, and uh, I feel like it's important try to always do self improvement. You know, try to be the best person that you can. I try to learn something new each 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 day. There's so many opportunities in the world and if you've been in a difficult situation even not related to justice system let's say you know god forbid you've been sex trafficked or you have been in abusive marriage you know or any number of difficult life situations once you emerge and come out the other side you know traumatic experiences can either break you and turn you bitter or you can come out transformed with a sense of uh, enlightenment and peace. So I encourage people go that route and then try to reach back and help the other people that are still experiencing that and work towards uh, prevention. And I think that those themes are universal and they can apply to any any difficult uh, situation. And if we have more people doing that, then I feel we can you know, work for the world to be, to be better place. And that can be your legacy. Sure. And I, I must admit that this episode uh, will work as a catalyst for me, for my podcast, because um, my audience will learn about the true picture of the law and justice systems. And that is what my podcast aims to present, represent. Um, it's also inspiring for me as well. And when I um, learn about your story, I found it very, very impressive and um, like something great to pick up. I understand. That yeah. makes that makes me no that makes that that makes me feel good and you are making difference with you know your podcast and that's example also of everybody you mentioned something very important you said everybody do their part you know whether it, it, it the part is uh, sharing knowledge with public <clears throat> whether that's a teacher podcast uh, radio show blog many people are making differences uh, making documentaries or docu series. Uh, that's all part of awareness also. And then there's other professions as well, uh, uh, being lawyer, investigator, paralegal, police officer who follows the law, follows procedures, does things the right way. Same thing as to prosecutor or or judge or, you know, legislator or legislative staff person. You know, you can take and work for the most just system, uh, you know, with all the reforms we're talking about from, from many different uh, many different uh, walks of life. And I do hope that some of the uh, people listening who are going to become lawyers in the future, and even people who are lawyers now, I I hope that at least some of the people who will listen to this will decide in their lifetime to work on at least one wrongful conviction case uh, pro bono. You know, um, one, of the, one of the common characteristics of people who are wrongfully convicted is they normally are people who are who are poor or who do not have money to even if you're middle class so the price of legal services many people don't have a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand dollars and more which it takes to undo one of these uh miscarriages of justice 
So maybe people will consider to do one case pro bono, because if you help free someone who was wrongfully imprisoned or even somebody who uh, maybe is victimized, the sentence they received was, you know, really disproportionate. It, it, that's another form of injustice. But you help somebody, you know, regain regain their freedom that was a, a, a victim of injustice. It's like you're giving somebody their life back. You're 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 saving a life, and you know what better meaningful thing could 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 that be? And when you see somebody that is free, and they're free because of uh, your work, you know that that's the best feeling. That's the best feeling in the world. You know, I've experienced that ten times, and I'm continuing to push forward with that and takes team effort so nobody's role is unimportant it it's many aspects of the justice system that work together for the injustices in the first place i mean it starts on the police level and continues with the prosecutor level a lot of times defense lawyers they don't do good do good job they put in minimal effort you know the judges uh, aren't objective and fair and making sure that system go is is uh Everyone's following the the laws and respecting the rights. Uh, jurors as well. Sometimes a lot of people try to get out of being on the jury. They look at it as inconvenience. But if everybody does that, the people that are really going to be left to decide, they're, they're really not going to hold the prosecution to their burden of proof. I mean, there's a reason why it's supposed to be, you know, presumed innocent until proven proven guilty. So if you are a juror, if they don't prove it, then you're supposed to f find not guilty. But a lot of people get out of jury duty and they don't they don't hold prosecution to that to that burden. And then innocent people can you know be be convicted. It's very simplistic to think, oh, if you didn't do it, then obviously they would not have arrested you for it. No, sometimes mistakes are made, even in the best of, best of situation, and sometimes the situation's not the best as well. Yeah. Yeah.